welcome in to a nice new episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Melton, the site manager for Second City Hockey. You can find me on Twitter at SCH underscore Dave M. And it's uh, a lot has happened in the last week since we have spoken to you. And I've got all my usual line mates with me this evening to discuss all of those things that have happened. Up first, the analytics darling of Second City Hockey you can find on Twitter at Shepard Price. It is Shepard Price. Hi. Uh I'm trying now to remember the last week, like, because there is a lot to talk about, but is there all of the things to talk about? Maybe we'll not, see. Maybe not all Stay of tuned it. to this, to this episode <laughs> of Musings on Madison. That's, that is, that is a professional tease. That, that is some excellent work. So I have to pay you the big bucks around these parts. Uh-huh. You're, also, you're, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Also with us this evening, he is the second city hockey, what Greg Graffin is to bad religion. You can find him on Twitter at mill 182. It is mill Savage. Uh, I am just a punk rock song and I really should have got more of an edit James reference because at last they fired the coach. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess maybe we'll run it back next week or, or if they fire the interim coach, we could, we could I'm, I'm also super pissed. Cause when I was in Florida, I lost my bad religion, no control t-shirt. So, uh, sky point, my well, favorite shirt. <laughs> do they have more i feel like they you might be able to track they they like um sell the old album shirts from time to time but they like shuffle them around you know because like with old bands there's an anniversary every freaking year of an album and uh i just gotta get lucky and make sure they have one that fits me yeah well uh maybe maybe you get your chance on saturday i I, will see i heard they're coming around these parts well, here's to that. I'm I'm cracking a beer. Yeah, I, I heard that in the background. Nice, nicely done. Uh, and also with us this evening, she's not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR. It is the Second City Hockey Bull and Wall of Text, Betsy. I don't have anything amusing to say tonight. Um, you guys interrupted my viewing of The Mass Singer. We already <laughs> talked about that for too long before we started recording. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I mean, apologies in advance. Like, I you could have just said we're going to come back in an hour after the mass singer is over. I mean, no, it's okay. I'll watch it on Hulu tomorrow. <laughs> isn't Slipknot the original mass singers? I mean, isn't Kiss? Yeah, I was going to say technically. Well, that's but that's that's, that's not a mask. That's face paint. That's that can't, that can't be mask key. Yeah, People but it's totally different from outside the paint. It's totally different when you have to play, though, in it. Like, a mask is tough. Like, I'm sure those people on that show are probably, like, sweating like crazy. Oh, you can't. So they, they did, like, cameras inside some of them, and some of them can't see. Like, Gladys Knight was in this bee costume, and she was like, I couldn't see. She's like, I don't know how Donny Osmond was running around in his costume. She's like, I didn't want to go down any steps. I didn't want to get too close to the edge of the stage. She was like, I thought I was going to fall. Um, so... Sweaty, can't see, kind of immobile in some of them. I don't, I don't know how some of them do it. And then, uh, Mill, Mill, I did a quick Google search for first band to wear masks, and the answer, the answer that's come up so far is one that I, I'm sure you're familiar with. It is Guar, because they're formed. Yeah, they're older than yeah, Guar. Guar, so, <laughs> Guar Live is a sight to see. It, it is every year at Riot Fest, halfway through the weekend, you start seeing people walking around with weird food coloring all over their face, and you're like, oh. <laughs> Guar must have played. Okay. I get mad when I have to wear a nice shirt to play, let alone that shit. Well, <laughs> That's like uncomfortable as hell, I'm sure. But we're not wearing any masks this evening, are we, folks? No. I I, I don't. We are exposed without we, a coach. 
<laughs> I, I guess. I was trying to figure out how to make that a good segue into what we we're going to talk about. And I, I don't know if I stuck the landing at all, but let's just roll with it and pretend we did anyway. King um, shit. <laughs> so there's your segue. I don't have to tell anybody that they, anybody listening to this podcast that the Blackhawks fired their coach on Saturday. Um, I, I've quick poll of the group. I was very surprised that it happened that quickly. Were you three surprised? They have to go on a 104.4 point pace the rest of the season to make the playoffs. That's it? Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm not surprised. No, but, okay. Betsy, what about you? Um, I think we were all trying to guesstimate that it would happen after Arizona because of the four-day break. But after how horrible they played against Winnipeg, I was like, no, it's got to – that was, was like, the worst ever. Um, They had the – they had an under 10% expected goal percentage. They had only done that one other time since they started recording those types of stats on natural uh, stat tricks. So that's ridiculous. <laughs> so I was kind of like, it could happen, but it was a little bit surprising. I was more excited than surprised. <laughs> yeah. Mill, what about you? What was your, were you surprised? Uh, I got to be honest with you guys. I thought if they fired, uh, Mr. Colleton before the 12th, I would be surprised, but, and I, I definitely wanted him to have separation from the 2010 front office because we don't want to kill him as a human. He seems like an okay guy. Um, but I was thinking I'd be surprised if they fired him earlier. And then I got the notification and we all talked and I was kind of like, Oh, like this is logical. Like I wasn't really shocked. Like when you think of on ice situations and kind of separate that from everything else that's going on, it's like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think but to Betsy's point, like the, that Friday game against the jets was just a dis- rough, like just <laughs> completely rough. just so they were so lifeless, just no, like Winnipeg got that first and second goal and it was just, like you knew it was over. Like the, in the first period, you knew that game was over. That team was not coming back. And I, my favorite part of the the press conference on Sunday when Kyle Davidson and Derek King spoke for the first time was Kyle Davidson's quote was uh, something along the lines of, "I noticed that there was a problem and we needed to make a coaching change." I quickly identified that there was a problem. The emphasis on how quickly he identified the problem, I feel like that kind of throws Stan Bowman under the bus a little bit for not noticing the problem, which anything that throws him under the bus, we're pretty happy with around these parts. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I, I still like, I'm still surprised at how quickly it happened given the massive regime change that had happened like two weeks prior, but it certainly didn't come a day late. No, for sure. Uh, I think 31 thoughts on 31 or 32 thoughts now. Sorry, Seattle. Uh, Elliot mentioned, Friedman mentioned uh, that um, a, that that game was a lot worse than five, one. And should oh, have been yeah. a lot worse. And like oh, the, the Jets just like stepped off the throat massively and was like, okay, we're done here. Yeah. Uh, and B, like Stan Bowman was like the biggest supporter of Jeremy Carlton. Um, and so once the bigger supporter was gone, it was kind of a limited time. Yeah, I, I guess I just I, I didn't have optimism that was gonna happen that quickly. Um, but I'm I'm kind of I'm glad it did because I, I think we talked about this two or three weeks ago. After like it was the, it might've been the first home game or maybe it was two or number two or three, but um, like, I remember there were fire Colleton chants in the crowd at the United center. That was I like the first one. 
Yeah. I can't think of a head coach that has ever survived that. Like once the crowd no. is chanting fire is chanting to fire you, it is inevitable. It is only a matter of time before you lose your job. So this is kind of what I want to ask you guys about, because my, my number one reaction when I saw the news was just relief. I was so relieved that it's that it's done and we finally don't have to deal with the shit anymore. And maybe we can actually start like looking at this team and maybe actually getting something to something to analyze, I guess, because anything that happened under the Colleton era felt like it was going to be pointless because you knew the coach was going to change. So I guess that's my question now swinging around, starting with you, Shay. What was your reaction to the news on Saturday when you found out that Colleton was fired? Yeah, I think I think you're right with that relief that like just oh Jesus, thank God that like uh, we've talked a lot about the the things we saw under Colleton that, that like the system was one of the worst systems that like he was not getting he was not getting the best out of players that like he he didn't understand matchups he didn't his lines were weird like there was all these problems with with the team under him and I think. It was just, thank God, and, like, a little bit of stability. But it's also – one of my other first reactions was they let an interim GM fire the head coach uh, this early on in, in, his inter, in, in his tenure. It was, it was surprising that they gave him that much authority, but, I mean, maybe, maybe that tells you just how bad the thing was that the, the owner and CEO, when the interim GM went to him with, with his case and laid it out for him, and they go – yeah, yeah, we probably need to do this. Like, I think that's indicative of just how sour things had gotten with the on ice product. Might also show how much they trust Davidson to do this job. But like, we might, we might have, we might not. He might, he might get the interim tag removed. Yeah, yeah I was, I was gonna say that. Sorry, I like, I immediately when we first were talking about this, and we were like, oh well, they're gonna go get a GM, and it might be a while. And I was like, well, they might end up just making Davidson the, the, the GM eventually because supposedly under all the reports, he was kind of being groomed for that anyway, um, that, that he had kind of rose, risen up the ranks. Um, and he was kind of Bowman's little like pet project to becoming the next one. So that's the only like taint on him was would they want somebody still that close to Bowman. Um, yeah. Uh, that's, that's my one. problem. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, he said all the right things. At least he was like, I'm not Bowman. And I'm like, good. <laughs> Try your best. <laughs> um, not that Bowman yes. was like a horrible GM. He just hadn't been a good one for a while. Yes. And that's, that's the problem I think, I think too, with it is like him grooming somebody to take over. I don't, I don't want him to be the one grooming somebody. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it depends on what you, you can learn. Like you can learn, he, maybe he learned what not to do from Stan Bowman. Like there's just because your boss is bad. Doesn't make immediately mean the employee is bad. Like, again, you can, you can learn from your boss's mistakes and do things differently. And he's, he's significantly younger than Bowman. So he's only what, like 30, he's in his like mid thirties. I thought like 31. I'm pretty sure. He's, yeah, he's like 32. I think he might be 32 now. He was a he again, we've talked about this before, I think. He was an intern in 2010. I'm pretty sure he's 32 or 33. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, but he, he's he's very young, so he probably has a significantly different perspective just by age alone. And I don't know, I like I don't the the nice thing, and this is Miller, what I want to see is I I just like the 
the idea of a clean slate, again, we're the off I stuff is a whole other book that we're not even going to approach here, but that is why I felt so much relief because it feels like there's finally like we can start watching games again and like understand, like make conclusions that might be long-term, I guess. So has in the last two or well, going back to the original question, Mill, just your original reaction to the news and then how that's kind of affected the way you've watched the last two games. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's kind of in strictly focusing on ice. It's kind of long overdue. And again, I know that I've kind of led the parade of like, let's get a new coach. And I don't want to uh, come off like I'm attacking uh, Colleton as a man. I'll buy him a shot and a beer and apologize if I ever did. <laughs> I actually would really love to do that. But I'd um, love to that. I'd love to hear some of those conversations. Right. But like we've all seen the team struggle for a long time now it's way overdue. So I'm just kind of like, well, I don't know if they can salvage anything from the season, but this roster is a lot better than those first 12 or 13 games showed. So I've just kind of felt like, well, let's start over uh, to quote box car racer. And <laughs> let's just kind of go from there. You know, let's, let's see, because I think a couple of the guys on the team are already looking like, not like, oh, they look so much better, but it looks like refreshed almost like new perspective, you know? So, so Dylan Strom. <laughs> Strom. I mean, Hey, Seth, Seth Jones had a, had a pretty good game last night. He had a great game last night. And you know, that's what you have to have from your guys getting paid a bajillion dollars. Um, but all of them, Taves, Taves played really good. Mm-hmm. So, before we go too far, like we're going to turn to the future in a second here, but I wanted to wrap up kind of the, the Jeremy Colleton discussion with this thought. Like, I think from some of the things that you've been, that uh, they've been little stories that have leaked out and, and observations that people have made since Derek King has taken over. I think I've, I've kind of, I have a developed a working theory about the overall thing that went wrong with Colleton. And I think it's that, um, he had a hockey philosophy for how you were supposed to win games and he refused to adapt that philosophy to his roster. Like what he wants to do to win games there, you can win doing that, but you probably need a very specific set of players to do that. And it just seemed like he also had this element of, I don't know if micromanaging is the right word, but he tried to control too many things and you're dealing with professional athletes who like if you try to control them too much, eventually like you're making them all think like there, it seemed like there were so many guys that the Hawks never played fast. Like regardless of whatever team speed they have, it seemed like they were always trying to be like, there, there was that second of thought before they made the play. Like they weren't playing, they weren't flowing within the system that was trying to be installed. And it was like Colleton wanted them to be at this beset, at this spot every single time or they're, you know, or you're, you're going to get benched. So I think <clears throat> it was just an overarching theme of he was trying to do too much as a young coach. And he, instead of letting the players use the abilities that they had. Yeah. I think there's a lot of like, I think there was a lot of moments of like, especially defensively clear overthinking of things. Yeah. Overthinking is the word. Yeah. Like it just, I think he, and, and maybe that's something that, you know, if he gets another crack at it in the AHL or maybe in the NHL, maybe he'll, loosen those reins a little bit and let guy understand that there is room for interpretation within a system of how you want to play hockey. It doesn't have to be, you know, black and white. There's plenty of gray in the middle that will work just as well. Mill Betsy, anything else to add to that before we never talk about Jeremy Colleton ever again? 
I'm just glad that we'll have new topics. <laughs> right? We've beat like how, uh, death. <laughs> like how Derek King's nickname apparently as a player was Yoda. And now that he's a new, a new first-time NHL head coach, he's technically a baby, which makes him technically baby Yoda. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I, I think I have one thing to throw out before we're done with Colleton. Uh you know, I had a lot of people like, you know, people start mocking it and we got sick of it too. the system, the system, all this stuff. But like in the NHL, it's not basketball. It's not football. Like you don't need to sit there and overthink your defense. You just have to kind of like be in position. And mm-hmm. the Hawks are trying to play a, a minor league style that took them out of position. And I'm just like, I, I don't understand why they allowed that to happen so long, but I, I will say, I don't think it's Jeremy Colleton's fault that he drowned for three years. The the team let him, the the upper front management, you know, upper management. So uh, I, I want people to understand like, yes, there's a problem with the system. Yes, it was Jeremy Colleton's system, but hopefully this new regime, if there are problems, they will address them. Yeah. And I, I think the, uh, the point you made, like I, I wanted to write an article several times throughout Colleton's era that, I didn't really feel like it was Colleton's fault. He was just given, you know, the opportunity of a lifetime to be an NHL head coach. There's only 32 of these jobs right now and they're, they're difficult to get. So even if you're having to take over for a hall of uh, a guy that had won three Stanley cups, the hall of fame thing might be different now given the circumstances, but a, a guy who had had so much standing within the organization had accomplished so much. It certainly was not an ideal place, and uh, I, I like ultimately Colleton was not really proved to not be ready for that role, but it wasn't his fault. It was the fault of the guy that hired him that he couldn't evaluate the coaching talent enough uh, to to make that position work. So another thing we can blame Stan Bowman for, because uh, we're going to like, even though he's not around, his fingerprints are going to be on this team for the next five to 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so, that's the comments. The comment saying there is that like you never want to be the the person who replaces the legend. You want to be the person who replaced who replaced. You want to be the person who replaces the person who replaces the legend. Yeah, that's you want to be the next. You want to be the the Blackhawks next guy. Yeah. So well, I guess Derek King's only interim at the moment. Currently, yeah. So and I I think I don't know if you said it, Shay or Betsy, but one of you two said like the press conference on Sunday it was kind of refreshing for the Hawks to have a press conference and everybody just said the right things. And it sounded like positive and good. And like, you didn't walk away from it, like rolling your eyes or just feeling awful about something. So that was a much pleasant change. I just feel, I feel so much, everything around the Blackhawks feels so much lighter at this moment, just because yeah, the weight, just the, the weight of the all five stuff and the all nice failures, it was, it was, it, anything to just lighten the burden a little bit. And I feel like we've gotten it a little bit. So uh, I'll be totally honest with, for those listening, I'm sure I'll, everyone on staff is aware. I didn't see the game last night uh, against Pittsburgh, the three to two overtime win. So I don't have much to offer in terms of analysis from that one. And uh, I, I was able to watch the one before that on Sunday, but I, I guess we'll swing this around. Mill. we'll let you start off first. Is there anything you've noticed about the Hawks in the Derek King era, which is all of two games now, Anything major or different or noticeable that has stood out to you since the coaching change? Well, they came out of two games in a row, two points. Uh, so I think that yeah, says, winning's a change. Winning is so definitely th- a change. And I know that sounds like a joke, but in all seriousness, I mean, like that's pretty, like that's the most wins they've had under a coach this year. So um, <laughs> that's when you put it in that context, it sounds so ridiculous, but it's honestly the truth. It is. And I think, 
it's kind of, it, it's a little loose right now. You know, they, they need to play a little better, tighten up uh, the third period. Like they played a good first two. And then it seems like uh, they got a little bit relaxed, but um, they're still, they're, they're more positionally sound. Uh, they look a little bit more confident. Like they're making the first move, so to speak. Um, there's definitely things we'll talk about as the season goes on that I want to see them adjust, but just as an umbrella thing, I mean, they just, they look like they're at least a 500 team playing the way they should, if not like a more talented team than that. So, uh, early in the season, at least. So hopefully they can get to that level. I want to tee this one up for Betsy. Cause I know she talked about it in our Slack chat. And I think you mentioned it also in the game recap, uh, Seth Jones, Tuesday night, apparently was awesome. So I would like to hear more about that, please. Betsy, go ahead. Yeah. So you know how one of the things coming into the season was Seth Jones had two fairly bad one, at least one extremely bad season in Columbus. And there was all this talk about, Hey, was it because of torts or was it just that Seth Jones is falling off a cliff? Which is it? Well, last night, Seth Jones put on a performance that made it pretty much everybody just go. Wow. Um, he was everywhere on the ice and I'm not saying he was perfect because he made mistakes. Um, there was one goal against with Carter, the rushing one, the the game tying one, where I think he let um, was it him? Yeah, well, he he let Carter get inside position, which yes. he shouldn't have done. But the, also the pass, I don't know how that even got through. Exactly, I was like, there, I don't know how. Yeah, it was a crazy good luck. He was in a decent position, not the best position, um, but either way, he was everywhere defensively and offensively and you could it kind of felt like the leash had been taken off of him the the sequence leading up to his goal um I don't I posted it in the recap um but they like did the whole follow when you talk about a cycle that's what that entire sequence was they they actually cycled the puck and Jones was the the spoon for that cycle. He stirred it. Um, everybody moved around him. <laughs> That's a great. Uh, we're gonna. My call brother him said that him. last night. Actually, my brother goes, "Well, he's the straw that stirs the drink." On yeah. that one, it was it was one of those, and he did that multiple times throughout the game. And on the defensive side of things, at least in the first two periods, like Mill said, the third period kind of fell away, and some of that was score effects, but not all of it. Um, he was really good. Um, he's got some positional issues still um that I think somebody just needs to like like break down with him but he's so athletic that he is good about being able to cover those mistakes like being able to make up for um maybe some technical things that are wrong with his positioning but one of the things that I noticed in the game was and I want other people to pay attention to this are they defending the blue line more because that was a big pet peeve of mine under Colleton was the, you know, just letting people walk in. Seth Jones, one of the few good things that didn't drop while he was in Columbus was he was pretty good at defending the blue line. And I saw him do that a lot more. And same thing with McCabe. Cabe. Both of them were standing up at the blue line a lot more. And that helped a lot, I think, against the Predators. And especially in the first two periods, they, the first period, they had low quantity. They had still decently high quality. So once the penguins did get in, they, their shots were good, but they kept them from setting up as much. Um, so, and before that third period, Jones was, I want to say he was at like 56 or 57, um, expected goal shares. Um, mm -hmm. and he didn't spend all of his time with Kane, Doc and to who was the line that was just 
killing it before that too. Um, he was splitting his time. So when you put up those types of numbers and you look good doing it, I think, you know, if he could do that more regularly, I don't know if he'll, he'll necessarily still be worth his contract. That's like a completely separation, but he could be a number one D, but he'd have to put that hypo game up consistently, not necessarily all the time, but enough because nobody's perfect all the time, but just enough. And I will, you know, I'll be like, I'm sorry for being a hater ahead of this guy. (laughs) Yeah. Like I I think the most encouraging thing is like, you got a glimpse of, of why Seth Jones had the, you know, why the Hawks traded for him essentially. Like I, I know he, as you mentioned, like he had his struggles for sure, but earlier in his career, this was like a legitimate, everyone thought he was going to be a future Norris trophy winner. He had some down years and hasn't really gotten back to that yet, but I don't think we ever saw those glimpses in the first 12 games of this season. So the fact that you got them now, if you, if they become more, a more consistent thing, that'll be, uh, that will be good is my expert analysis there. That will be a good thing. If Seth Jones plays good hockey, where else can you find this type of content folks? I don't know where else. <laughs> the other, the other thing is, as I'm looking at the schedule, like with, with the country change, like I think, if there was ever going to be a time for the Hawks to get right, like I think, what was it, Shay? You mentioned like 104.4 point pace? 104.4 pace, point yeah. pace the yeah. rest of the season. Yeah, that's it. Well, I mean, if you look at the, the next next four games, like they play Arizona on Friday. Arizona has one win. Uh, for a while, it seemed like that was going to be the battle of winless teams, but uh, each team has gotten off the schneid. Uh, the, they, then, then they play Seattle and – the Kraken are expansion team. So they're not all that great. They do have to go to Edmonton next, next Saturday, the 20th, which, you know, won't be easy, but. Um, Goal of the year, Connor McDavid. Already. Yeah, yeah. I guess if the Hawks can defend Connor McDavid with six guys, um, the range Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid is not point per game. Like uh, uh, statistically, like he literally has had a point in every game. Like he might be. Two, isn't he like two points per game right now? He's he might deep. be. Like he might be mathematically two points per game, but he has not had a game yet where he hasn't scored. And somehow Drysaddle still has more points than him. They're they're both tied. They both have twenty three points in eleven games. Okay, that might have been that's, after the last a, game. That's a two point pace if math math uh, checks out. Yeah, More that's yeah. that's silly. I didn't know that about McDavid. Yeah, he's he's really good at the hockey thing. But so if you some would you say know, after Edmonton, then they play Vancouver and Calgary, and I know Calgary and I. Calgary's off to a better start than expected. And Vancouver <laughs> a little bit too. But like those are those are some winnable games. And like I, if you know, I'm, they obviously the road back to a potential playoff spot is a long one. And I'm not even going to entertain a discussion about it until at least Christmas. But at, at least at least there is a reason to like look at this look at the schedule, and not just feel dread. Now you know, like there's actually games to pick out. Like all right, well maybe. You know they've they've won two. Maybe you you put a few more together. Maybe still one against Edmonton. Maybe you you know you steal St. Louis. At least we don't have to watch another game like the one against Winnipeg. I guess that's that's the overall theme there. At least they're not going to completely lay an egg like they did against the Jets on Friday night. Did you guys happen to see what Zadorov did the other yesterday? <laughs> no, I I I don't. Unfortunately, this year have time to pay any any attention he, to teams that are he, not Chicago he, or Vegas. He went out of his way to make a hit and like crushed some dude and in the back swing of his check the back his backhand of his stick hit the puck into his own net 
It was oh, absolutely incredible. I, I, could, I shared the I shared the video. Mike I failed cannot to wait to watch uh, the Hawks play against Zadorov now that we had to live through the Zadorov experience. I can't wait to experience it from the other side again now because I didn't really notice him when he was in Colorado because they didn't think about it much. Now now it's now it's going to be much more noticeable. But it was not like a thing where it was like, oh, it's Zadorov, he sucks. It was legitimately impressive how insane this play was. Yeah. Like, it was a... It was a um, Maybe not a great hit either. Right. <laughs> like, it was an own goal. On, it was an own goal on like a red ass hit. Yeah. Oh, I can't. And, I, and the so, hit was like almost mid ice, wasn't it? Like almost center ice. It was like, well, it was like up by the blue line. I think it was like above the dots. I thought it was out of the zone, but <laughs> it, it might've been the, the, the video I, I shared. It was like a, a replay angle, but I was like, I, I laughed because I was just like, I don't understand how that happens. Like mathematically, what you'd have to like hit the puck the right way on the hit. And I, I, I can know. I can tell you how that happens, Bill. It's it's Nikita Zadorov. That, that's how, <laughs> that's how that happens. It's Samore. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so to bring this back to the current members of the Chicago Blackhawks, um, again, like we mentioned, the game they play. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you would. So they got the Coyotes on Friday. Cracking next week, I think on Wednesday night. So uh, I, I guess the main thing I'm asking is, you know, with, with these games coming up, you have two teams that you probably should be able to beat. Uh, Shay, is there anything in particular you're going to be watching or anything you're going to keep an eye on that maybe is further signs of improvement out of this group under the new coach? Don't give up 70 shot attempts. Well, okay. That's a good start. <laughs> uh, which they, which the Blackhawks did to the Penguins. Again, uh, Penguins team, Without, I think they're without Sidney Crosby and without definitely without Evgeny yeah. Malkin. Crosby, Crosby played one game and then went right back into the protocol. Yeah, or, and, what, and Nathan came McKin- off Nathan injured McKinnon reserve is, and went into COVID pro. Yeah. Nathan McKinnon did the opposite. By the way, um, the those seventy it, that was just at five on five. By the way, yeah, exactly. That was just five on five. Like, don't do that again. Six in the third. <laughs> thirty-two to six in shot attempts. Yeah, thirty-two to six, oh, and and even looking at like adjusted. 30 to six. Not, not, great. Not, not, not great. Not great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so maybe don't do that anymore. Hey, we didn't, we didn't say the coach exchange was going to fix everything. No, uh, no, clearly not. Uh, yeah. The, like Mark Andre Fleury had like his best game of the season. Cause he had to, uh, to get that win. Like maybe, maybe try and fix that. Uh, and maybe the weird usage too of players continues. Uh, like Eric Gustafson played eight minutes. Well, I, I think that's because he sucks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Reese Johnson played six minutes, which everybody's proud of. But Adam Gaudet only played five eighteen. Like Mike Hardman yeah, played seven forty six. Yeah, like that, he, that's and bullshit. then Seth Jones played an, a, a more than half an hour. <laughs> yeah, like, that was awful. Yeah. Well, uh, I. On the on the defense front, Jay, the good news is that uh, Wyatt Kalanuk was sent to Rockford to play in a game this evening. We're recording this Wednesday night. He's playing, and I think with the, the expectation is that he's going to be in the Blackhawks lineup on Friday, probably for Eric Gustafson. And then, barring injury, we probably won't see Eric Gustafson again. Um, ooh, ooh. At, least, at least that's the hope. And then, um, the, uh, also in the vein of guys that are getting better. Um, like Brandon Hagel is going to be out for two weeks, which that kind of sucks, but it's 
if if it was going to happen anywhere, it happens in a place where the games are kind of spaced out, so it might minimize the number of games he'll miss. But you also got Tyler Johnson back, and you also got Isaac Phillips off of COVID protocol. I think Henrik Borgstrom's probably going to be back. He missed Tuesday's game with a a non COVID related illness, so um, Phillips went back to Rockford. Though and Phillips, yeah, Phillips was probably going back to Rockford. Um, Kyle went to Rockford for conditioning. It seems like, and he'll be back Friday. But all that is to a roundabout way of saying, Jay. I think the weird player usages. I think some of that is attributed to injuries and COVID protocol and what have you. So I think maybe going forward, it'll be better. Yeah. And for Godet, um, I noticed that King stuck to lines a little bit better than, you know, JC would mix them up a little bit too much occasionally. Um, he tried to stick to lines so they could roll together and Godet just happened to be on the line with Reese Johnson and stuff. So bad luck of the draw that he was that low. Um, but I think that had to do more to do with his ice time than necessarily like him playing. They didn't want to rotate him away. So like I said, Reese Johnson is the anchor <laughs> to just not be there. Poor guy. I feel so bad now a little bit. I'm like, what if he reads our articles? He's going to be like that mean lady from second city hockey. Nothing, nothing personal Reese. I'm sure you're a nice kid. Please don't play on my hockey team. Nice though. Kid. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that zero shot shot share, shot share, zero point zero zero shot share on Tuesday. Not great. Yeah. He has some of the worst shot stats in the NHL. I think he was like last in expected goal shares. And obviously, the Blackhawks are bad. But when you're that bad on a bad team, like it's, it's I just it's want not, you to. It's not. Cool. It's not good. It's not good for your agent when uh, when salary negotiations come back up in the off season. Well, also, I was trying to explain to somebody that because they were like, I thought he was a defensive player when he was in the WHL OHL. I can't even. I think he was in WHL. He was fine, but as an overager, and mm-hmm. then when he got to the AHL, you could tell that what worked in juniors did not work anymore. He just it wasn't up to speed. His positioning wasn't sound enough and that kind of stuff. Like he was making up for it with like good skating in juniors and they are rushing him. He could, maybe he could be a good player, but they're doing him a disservice by rushing him to the NHL in my opinion. So for his own good, but also the good (laughs) of the Hawks, which I care about more, please send him back down. Thank you. I feel like when guys suck, they're either really nice guys. Like they become pastors or whatever, or they're like really douchey. <laughs> I bet like they have like really Twitter nice. opinions. Yeah, it might be really nice. I don't know. Um, I feel like this whole thing with the coaching change and like the 2010 stuff or whatever, it's just so perfect to uh reference when Mighty Ducks when they have the cardboard cut out and they're like, This is a distraction. This is a fire in a barrel. This is a distraction in a fire in a barrel. Any questions? And it's like, no, burn that shit to the ground and let's move forward. Oh, that is fucking Kyle Davidson or Kyle Bond or whatever the fuck your name is. Let's go. Kyle Bond. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know any other better way to summarize it than that. than just, you know, throw it all in the barrel, light it on fire and let's move forward. <sighs> With coach McKay. <laughs> yeah. Co- coach McKay. DK uh, baby. Let's go. I, I will say really briefly, like again, very small sample. Uh, and none of us know him personally, I don't think, and I've never talked to him personally, but Derek King seems like a very pleasant person to be around. All his press conferences have been very entertaining. Um, 
I don't know. It just, it's, it's nice to have something pleasant around the team again. After, after the Jeremy Colleton death march of the last month. So, so there's that too. Yeah. Uh, I think that's going to, I don't think we have much more Blackhawks things to talk about. Um, That was kind of the, obviously the big news of the last week was the Colleton firing. Um, So yeah, again, they play Friday against the Coyotes at home. Next Wednesday, they're against the Kraken. And uh, we'll probably have a pod recording some point early next week. Um, but right now, we're going to take a quick little break, and I, we're going to come back. We might talk about hockey. We might talk about food stuff. Uh, we might do both. I don't know. But you're, that's for you to find out on the other side of this break. Welcome back to Musings on Madison. And as promised before the break, uh, we're going to talk about something. And it seems like we've kind of exhausted all the Blackhawks uh, discussion. So I think we're going to put a pin in all of that and transition to our potentially award-considered food take segments because you guys all know what time it is. And if the first person, if the first thought in your head was Christmas, know that I hate you because it's not Christmas season yet. I love Christmas. I love the holiday season. Um, But Thanksgiving, and I think this is something that maybe you guys can agree on. As you get older, Thanksgiving becomes the best holiday of the year because you get an excessive amount of food. Um, it, it's a guaranteed day off of work. It's pretty, for most people, I think it's a guaranteed four day weekend. Football. There's football to watch. There's going to be, and then the Blackhawks play on uh, Friday at noon. So you can nurse your Turkey hangover by watching a Blackhawks game. So Christmas is great and all, and we will have plenty of Christmas related things to get to when we get there. But Thanksgiving's coming up in uh, two weeks and a day. And actually it'll be exactly two weeks the day this podcast cast is posted and with food being the main events of thanksgiving we wanted to start diving into some thanksgiving food takes so i think shay has one brewing up but really quickly this is just i have something short and quick to offer and i i will see if any discussion comes of it and if not that's why we have shay's backup plan because my thing might be kind of lame but i just want to offer it's more of a grievance than a take electric stoves are fucking awful I don't know if you guys have ever tried to cook anything on an electric stovetop. These things are the worst goddamn things we have ever come up with. I don't know who is responsible for them, but I would like to speak to their manager because I don't know how people are supposed to cook good quality Thanksgiving foods on shitty electric stovetops. Okay. So we're talking about the stovetops, right? Not like the little, like, not the natural gas grills that like, like still have... That's no, I'm talking electric. about like your oven that you, you you plug into the wall. It's in everybody's kitchen, and the top is electric, not with the gas burners. Gas yes. burners are the way to go. I have lived with electric stovetops since college. So college, grad school, uh, and now like whenever I've been on my own, my family has like the, the natural gas. Natural gas. Yeah. I cannot imagine cooking the amount of food that my family cooks for Thanksgiving on the thing I use every day for like hello fresh meals not a sponsor uh yeah could be like could be come sponsor us um look like yeah it's no there like there's no great or disagree? I don't know what you're I, I, I was saying you're, you're, completely, yes, you're yeah. completely right you're completely right there's I have no limited good way experience to use them that will like allow you to make good. Food, I have, good, I have good been meal. using it for a week and a half now, as I just moved into this place that has an electric stove and I've already like 
I think I have to save money to buy a new new one because I can't deal with this fucking thing. It is terrible. See, I like can't I, clean. I have limited experience with the with the electric, but they are a pain in the ass. But like, um, like I come from a big uh, European uh, family, we're Serbian, so like our Thanksgiving and religious holidays and Christmas and all this stuff, like we have. Like my parents have a kitchen in the upstairs and the downstairs just for those holidays, like two gas stoves. So I'm with you. Like I, I've been to a few Slavas, which I believe is in the yeah. My, oh. Mine's the 21st, so we got two in a row basically. Thanks, oh. oh boy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good luck to your uh, your heart doctor, home your cardiologist. Jesus, yeah, man, yeah. yeah it's those are bomb though. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that I I, mind I, I, What'd you say about you? And I don't mind glass top. <laughs> okay, there's, here's the thing about glass top though is that like it's going to scratch no matter what you do, and like there's not really good things to fix that yet. Um, there's a there's a scratch cleaner that is pretty like I mean I mine looks fine still so I I don't know maybe I'm oh, not well. maybe I'm not like handling my stuff really like hardcore i cook more in the oven than i do on the stovetop and the only i only use i try to make everything in a a wok pot so like um it's not a wok obviously but it's like one that's kind of shaped like it so that it's easier to cook it's like a wok shaped skillet right yeah exactly so yeah i use that a lot too yeah i mean it's really easy to cook one one pot meals in it and that kind of stuff so maybe it doesn't stick it's nice yeah and it's maybe i don't cook enough um with multiple burners and multiple things. My mom does and she has a glass top, but I don't like gas cause I don't want to have to clean them. Like getting under the, like having to take it apart a little bit to get into the stuff. Um, I hated that when we had one, <laughs> but I, I, I will take the cleanup over. Yeah. Over I, guess it dep- I guess it depends on the old electric ones that have the like little swirls. Those ones sucked real bad. I hated those. Those ones especially suck. Maybe because that was always my chore to clean. (laughs) 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 Like repressed. It's the same reason I'll never smoke is because one of my chores was emptying ashtrays. Oh, disgusting. Um, But I'm always disappointed that I'm not a smoker. Like I'd look so much cooler. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I already looked like I shop at the flea market every weekend for clothes. So, like, why not, right? bring back smoking in the united center please (laughs) cancer (laughs) that's why yeah but no i'm just kidding like that's smoking is gross but i mean you know it's an aesthetic it's about it's about the look don't you have longer hair right yeah and i can't deal with it in my hair because yeah i was about to say it is i there's a bar um that my work group likes to go to that um it's if you go inside where it's less like sticky and cold and stuff, but it's going to be smoke filled the entire time. But if you're outside, you run the risk yeah. of having your clothes stick to the tables. It's like a blue blue situation for me, but I, you go to the bathroom, I come out and I am like, now I have to shower because I smell disgusting. When I would uh, get off work, like a few years ago, when I, Oh God, five, six, seven years ago when I run the store, um, my hair is like, it is now it's like shoulder length and real thick. And we would go to the bar before it got busy just to have a couple beers and shoot pool before the crowd came. And you could smoke in a lot of the bars where I live. And I hated that because then I'd go home and have to wash my hair at like mm-hmm. one in the morning. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah that's, it's, it, it's a very there's still a few bars across northwest Indiana where we are that you can still smoke inside. But they are 
very few and far between these days. I mean, I live in Crown Point, so it's like a it's like a big ashtray <laughs> with restaurants. All right. Well, all right. I think we went far enough down. Somehow we ended up talking about smoking from stovetop, <laughs> which I if, I guess if your stove if you're electric gas or electric if your smoke your stove is smoking you might have an issue. But <laughs> let's. I think, it, uh, I think it more talks about how I'm like I have trauma from chores from when I was a child. Well, <laughs> cleaning uh, stoves and ashtrays was like maybe Adam got dead has crystals that can help you uh, work through that process. Oh, would he share? I don't. I don't dislike him like I like dislike Reese as a player. No, well, that's 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 well. You're just gonna have to join the Godhead gang and get some of those for yourself. But uh, no, cubes all the way. <laughs> okay. Yep, two cubes. But well, that probably has some. He probably has some other stuff that will make you feel did, good too. Did we talk about on here that we're into different factions of the staff? Yeah, right now? I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure it's. it's I can't on remember. Here. Well, that was our that was our preseason where we uh, Mill and I are are the Godet Gang, and I don't. I free, I don't know if you guys have a cool name for yourself or the Kubla. We're team cubes. Yeah, what, team what are you talking about? Yeah, but you guys don't have alliteration, so it's not as good. Contact I mean, players better, like, so it's okay. <laughs> we're like the Degeneration acts of, of the podcast. We, <laughs> we just right. do whatever we want, even if we're wrong. <laughs> All right. Uh, Shay, get your food taken before we get off on another tangent, because I <laughs> okay. think it was Thanksgiving-related somewhat, so have at Yes. Uh, so uh, Thanksgiving-related food is sweet potatoes. Yes. Uh, I think we can all agree. Yeah. This is, uh, this is a somewhat hot take. In all ways except French fries, sweet potatoes are better than potatoes. Mashed potatoes, sweet potatoes are better. Uh, tater tots, sweet potatoes are better. Um, like casserole, like pie, uh, and every way except French fries. <clears throat> because if you serve me sweet potato French fries, I will push them away from myself so fast. Weird. I, I like sweet potato fries. I don't have any disagreements because I how think sweet you, potatoes are wildly underrated. How do you dislike it? I'm you dislike sweet potato fries, but are fine with tots. They feel like yeah. the same. It's I, get to there, so they're just both fried. I, th- I think it's a, it might be like a texture thing, but oh, like I'm yeah. happier with the texture of sweet potato t- tots. Have you ever it's had? Just, I've I've never had a good sweet potato French fry. Have you ever had the waffle sweet potato fries? Like when they're in waffle shape? No. Those are good. And There's a I, I, I still potato. think, I think, I, I think pet regular potatoes might be better for waffle fries. Have not having had sweet potato fr- waffle fries it's yet. Lot, it's maybe, possible. I don't maybe know. I'm having like a, like a big vision here, like big perspective, but I just think like, why not both? <laughs> no, I need carbs. <laughs> why not both? Um, I agree with everything except like, I don't like sweet potato pie that much. Like it's okay. Oh, um, I'm not a I'm not a sweet potato per- pie person. But like I, uh, if you, I don't think you could make a potato pie. What about like shepherd's pie that has that is in it? Uh, that is not a potato pie though. Sweet it's potato like, pie is it's just like two thirds potatoes. potatoes. Like ah, it depends. It depends on how you're making your shepherd's pie. The, every shepherd's pie I had when I was in England was like a massive amount of potatoes, and I was like. Was was like making this wrong all the time? Um, no, they but, cook fucked up, like the true English practice yes. and stuff. <laughs> as like, as a person like, whose heritage is mostly English, they're like English cooking is not good. I have a lot of English friends, and I mess with them all the time. They're like, we're gonna get you to eat meat when you come over because you have to have the English breakfast. And I'm just like, even mm-hmm. if I ate meat, I'm afraid to try that. Don't they? They like have beans 
for breakfast yeah. too and things. You're like, yes. that's not a breakfast food, sir. A full, a full English potato, a full I, English breakfast includes both beans and roasted tomatoes. But, roast, but like I'm excited roll, to try tomatoes. like like all the candy with all the like tons of sugar in it and like the beers and stuff. Like I'm like sure it. I'll just gain a hundred pounds over there. Oh, Mars bars are fantastic. Um, I don't like sweet potato casserole that much either. Like I'm not sure I've ever had a sweet potato casserole. But I guess like how do you not like how do you not like sweet potato like sweet like sweet potato casserole if you're if you're talking about the thing I'm picturing where, where it's just sweet potatoes topped with marshmallows. How do you not like that? Is isn't that just all right? Because it might be a texture thing. Like I don't like candied yams. Is that is that what you call a sweet potato casserole, Shepard? Is that am I am I I believe that's I believe that's yeah, I believe sweet that's potatoes sweet potato and yams are different things though. They're like completely are different. They? they are one is orange inside and one is not. Okay. They're both orange inside. I thought they were the same thing. They're yeah. Like, I thought I thought sweet potato casserole is like candied yams. And sweet, that, okay. Sweet potatoes are closer to a regular potato than it is to a sweet potato. Like, they're tinted. Like, it's not, like, the same, like, gold or white that a regular potato is, but they're not um, as brightly orange as... They're not the same thing. They're definitely different. That's another thing in the office. They're both orange. What Ryan, they get them as the yams. I'm going to look now. Thank you. I guess... Go to the grocery store. I guess from, from Google... Like a yam is a sweet potato, but a sweet potato is not necessarily a yam. No. It says in the United States, the term yam and sweet potato are used interchangeably, but they are completely different vegetables. Yams are starchy and have a rough brown exterior, and sweet potatoes are softer with reddish tent skin, creamier okay. interior, and darker interior. Okay, they're, they're, That's showing, what I mean. pic- they're showing pictures of yams, and I, 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 I've never seen those in my life. So, Welcome to the I don't know what the hell people were calling yams, but those are definitely sweet potatoes, or definitely, yeah. Oh I think God. I think people right. are just calling sweet, but like somebody's mislabeling sweet potatoes as yams. No, I, I think that's what's happening here, and I'm I need to. Uh, I guess at Thanksgiving this year, I'm going to be yelling at every member of my family who's been steering me wrong for the last three plus decades. So, oh, so like basically, I'm talking about yams and not sweet potatoes then, because sweet potatoes look like regular potatoes. No, yams look like regular, like they look closer to regular potatoes than yams that sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes are orange, really orange. Well, the the other ones are lightly orange. Oh, okay. Never mind. This people that I, the first post I found had it backwards. No. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Yams look like potatoes. (laughs) We're being educated right now. This is like the mass vegetable right now. (laughs) Yes. Because like we, like we just discussed, like they are used interchangeably in in our country. No matter how backwards that is. Yeah, is that, and is that like a like based off where you are in the U.S. Like, is it like maybe a southern thing? Because we always do this because Betsy's in the South. Like, <laughs> is it more of a southern thing where there's actually a difference between the two, and in the Midwest they're just interchanged? I don't know. I maybe? just know it, I've I definitely cooked with yams that are not sweet potatoes. <laughs> they don't look they look similar ish, but not the same. But I've also never had yams at Thanksgiving, so I don't know. No, nah, like the only difference in the South is that they don't use Pepsi brands and yams, just Coke. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You don't have yams at Thanksgiving? Well, no. you have sweet potatoes. Sorry. Yes. We do. Sweet potatoes. Okay. Yeah, sweet potatoes. Um, and I but just like going back to the sweet potato pie discussion, like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I bake pie for both Christmas and 
Thanksgiving. And I got to say, like, pumpkin 100% of the way. Oh, yeah. Pumpkin pecan are the two fall flavors that everybody should eat at Thanksgiving and Christmas. They're the superior pies, but... Those are both, those are the pies I bake. Yeah, those are, we've talked about this before. Pecan is my favorite and pumpkin is a close second, so. (laughs) So this is your time of the year. Yeah. I love fall. We, I think we've discussed this too, because I was like, look, it starts with Halloween in October when it's cool. The weather is fun. I love sweaters and sweatshirts. Um, I love boots. I like (laughs) I'm ready for fall. Yeah, I've been full. I've been full denim That's jacket arriving. lately. <laughs> no, especially especially this fall where it's red season. I don't know red season. It's red season. Wait, it's wait. it's red season. Taylor's version. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, I messed sorry, that I up. You, I'm putting out music to save the list. And I literally didn't realize that. And now I'm have to compete with Taylor Swift. No one's going to listen to my music. That's great. Um, I was. I, I don't think there's thanks Taylor Swift between those fan bases, Mel. I'm just you'd be surprised. Up. You'd be surprised. A lot of people like Taylor Swift. I was like, hey, you were you were saying I was thriving, but it actually hasn't really like today's high was like 72, so it wasn't like oh. unless I go out at night a lot. It's been dipping into the 50s, but that's like oh, so sad for you. We're 50 here during the day. I, I think it's. I think. I think it's going to snow this weekend. I think that's the report. Oh, I wish I'm going to like two parties on Friday and the high is 65 um and that's the lowest it's been all year and i'm excited about that because they're both at nighttime so be sure to pack your should, so you don't should get into the should get into the 50s and maybe upper 40s so i'm like woo! oh boy i know so this is this is how pathetic i am living in the south it's not right, humid, well, at least, so well we've made our way to the weather conversation <laughs> portion of the podcast so i think that means we're probably need to bring this one in for a landing so yeah. i think that is going to do it for this episode of Musings on Madison here on the Second City Hockey Podcast Network. Once again, you can find me on Twitter at SCH underscore Dave M. Shepard is at Shepard Price. Mill is at Mill182. Betsy's not on Twitter, but you can find her at secondcityhockey.com under the name LBR, where you can find all of our stuff. And we're doing plenty of previews and recaps. And with only one game coming up in the next like six, seven days, we're going to have uh, a lot of other stuff popping up. We got a prospect update coming up because Lucas Reichel's tearing up the AHL right now. And there's a bunch of college prospects that are doing very well. So uh, keep an eye out for that. We'll have some other articles popping up. Stay tuned to these airwaves. We'll do another podcast next week and the week after that, and probably just keep going throughout the season because that's kind of our thing. Um, the main account is at 2ND City Hockey. So you can follow that on Twitter. Also, if you wanted to head to iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcast and leave us some like five star reviews, that would be wonderful as well. Um, so thanks to you for listening. Thanks to Mill, Betsy, and Shay for hanging out this evening. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. And uh, go Hawks. Yeah, yeah, I guess go Hawks. Got that game. For better